right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Eli James here. This is Eurofolk Radio, and our show is Genesis to Revelation. And we're going to be starting with a, a brief story about Zerubbabel, who was the governor of Judea at the time uh, when the Ezra and Nehemiah had returned from Babylon to reestablish the kingdom of Judah in Jerusalem. Uh, over to you, Dan. Okay, I will start off with this article. It's titled, Who Was Zerubbabel in the Bible? Zerubbabel is best remembered for his role in supervising the construction of the Second Temple when King Cyrus allowed the Israelite exiles in Babylon to return to Jerusalem. He was born in Babylon during the exile, and his name, Zerubbabel, means offspring of Babylon. When the king allowed the Israelites to return to Jerusalem, Zerubbabel joined the 42,000 people heading back and was named governor of Judah. This is in Haggai chapter 1, verse 1, Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and chapter 2, verse 64. 1 Chronicles chapter 3, verse 19, lists Zerubbabel as the grandson of King Jeconiah. 1 Chronicles chapter 3, verse 17, in the line of David. Jeconiah, also known as Coniah, was the last king of Judah. 2 Kings chapter 24, verses 8 through 17. Jeremiah pronounced a curse on him, saying, As I live, declares Yahweh, though Coniah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet ring on my right hand, yet I would tear you off. Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 24. Haggai reversed that curse by prophesying to Zerubbabel. On that day, declares Yahweh of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, declares Yahweh, and make you like a signet ring, for I, have, for I have chosen you, declares Yahweh of hosts. Haggai chapter 2, verse 23. So God restored that promise of a Messiah through the lineage of Zerubbabel. He therefore became the people's hope of restoring Davidic kingship and liberating the Israelites from their oppressors. Although Zerubbabel was not the ultimate Messiah for whom Israel waited, he is one of the ancestors named in the lineage of Jesus, the true Messiah. Matthew chapter 1 verse 12, verse 13, and Luke chapter 3 verse 27. <clears throat> Zerubbabel obeyed the voice of Yahweh and worked on the house of Yahweh. Haggai chapter 1 verse 12 and verse 14. He was faith faithful to the work to which God had called him. Unfortunately, after laying the foundation of the temple, the construction was halted by King Artaxerxes, Ezra chapter 4, verses 1 through 24. It wasn't until 17 years later, under King Darius, that construction was allowed to continue. Ezra chapter 5, verse 6, or maybe that's verses 5 and 6. I'm not really sure. Oh, yeah, it's a long dash. It's unusual. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> In a vision, God gave the prophet Zechariah this promise. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this house. His hands shall also complete it. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 9. He also encouraged, This is the word of Yahweh to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says Yahweh of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace, to it. Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. While Zerubbabel's name is not specifically mentioned at the dedication of the temple, the temple was finished about four years after reconstruction under Zerubbabel's leadership resumed. Ezra chapter 4, verse 24, Ezra chapter 5, verse 2, and chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. God's promise came true. Although this second temple was less impressive than Solomon's original temple, it was privileged to be the temple where Jesus, the Messiah himself, visited, worshipped, and taught. Zerubbabel can be remembered as a member of the Messianic lineage of Christ, a leader who faithfully served God by governing his people well, and an organizer who oversaw the God-given task of rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. And All that right. That is the end of the article. 
Yeah, very good, very good. Okay, so for those that are listening on Telegram, uh, I had difficulty getting the audio started on Telegram, so we should be simulcasting at the moment. All right, so let's get into it. This is Nehemiah chapter 1. Over to you, Dan. Okay, Nehemiah. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Chislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and a certain had he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Judahites that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Okay, so let me let me interrupt you here. For those uh, on Telegram who aren't used to our broadcasts, wherever the word Jew exists in Scripture, that is a false translation because those are Judahites. It's not talk, talking about the people who are known today as Jews because they are not descended from Judah. They're not descended from Israel. They're neither Shemites nor Hebrews. The Jew, modern Jews today are descended from the Pharisees and the Edomites in New Testament times and also from the Old Testament Edomites as well. So that's a mistranslation which was forced upon the scriptures by Jewish scribes, namely the rabbis called the Masoretes. And uh, we have been uh, flummoxed, we've been deceived by this false translation because these Jews that we know today never, uh, ever, especially the Ashkenazi Jews, never even set foot in Palestine. They converted to Judaism in 740. And the Sephardic Jews are descended from Edom, not from Israel. Back to you. And they're all descended from Cain as well. There you go. <laughs> they're Kenites, yes, absolutely. Yep. All right. Uh, verse 4, <clears throat> and it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Yahweh, God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keeps the covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thy eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. <clears throat> we have dealt very corruptly against thee, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commanded thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out to the uttermost part of heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto the palace, unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Okay, so let, now, me, the, just, let me interject here because... The Israelites of the Old Testament, and in this case we're talking about the Judahites of the house of Judah, they would periodically confess their sins to Yahweh and he would heal their, heal their land and forgive their sins. However, the Jews never admit committing any sin and they, they do not really believe in Yahweh, they just, they just pretend to. So this is a marked contrast between the Judahites of the Bible and the Jews of the world. They are not Judah, and uh, they're not Israel, and they never admit doing anything wrong. Everything, you know, Their whole spiel in the modern world is, oh, we, we don't do anything wrong. We're Jews. It's the Christians who make us do this and that, and, but we're not guilty of anything. That is what the Jews teach about themselves. Back to you. It's a shame, too, though. There are some of our people who are the same way. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and we need to hit them over the head with a Bible so they confess their sins. Yeah. Got to be humble. There you go. Yeah. Verse 10. Now these are thy servants and thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. 
O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer. Right. Very good. End of chapter one. Chapter two. And it came to pass. Hold on. Just before before you get started, I don't know uh, if your Bible that you're reading from, I'm reading from Esword, and it has the, the heading, Nehemiah sent to Judah. That's the mm-hmm. correct. That's the correct language, uh, not to Judea because the term Judea didn't come about until after the period of the Maccabees. It was just called the land of Judah, and the people were called Judah or Judahites, not Jews. Okay, so this language is correct. So uh, somebody has his act together here. <laughs> All right, back to you. <laughs> right, chapter two, and it came to pass in the month Nisan. In the twentieth year of Artaxerxes the king, that wine was before him. I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid, and said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should my countenance? Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant has found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchers, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come into Judah. And a letter... Were you going to say something? No. Oh, okay. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, which appertain to the house, and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. When Sanballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I arose in the night, I and some few men with me. Neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and to the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain, and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the brook, and viewed the wall, and turned back, and entered by the gate of the valley, and so returned." And the rulers knew not whither I went or what I did. Neither had I as yet told it to the Judahites, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. Then I said unto them, You see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite and Geshem the Arabian heard it, 
They laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, the God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. End of chapter 2. Okay, so here we see the repentant attitude of the house of Judah returning from Babylon. You will not find any repentant attitude among the modern Jews because they are not Judah. They don't know what it means to repent. They just pretend to be correct no matter what, you know. Uh, and, their, and their Talmud says they can do anything they please and not incur any guilt. That's not what the Bible says. All right. Thank you. Yeah, that was my next question. I think there is something in there that says if they they cross their fingers behind their back. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. It could contort their bodies into curly cues and what's that a <laughs> a, a pretzel, <laughs> right? <laughs> then your lies don't count, right? <laughs> oh well, yeah. The, what's it called? The uh, uh the uh, the the prayer, the annual prayer they have uh, on their day of atonement, the Kol Nidra, which yeah. they forgive themselves for all of their upcoming sins. In the, in the upcoming year. That's absolutely incredible. That's mm-hmm. Talmudic Judaism, folks. Right. Yeah, uh, Brother Abair says, America has never repented as a nation. That's coming. And we better repent because otherwise mm-hmm. we're lost. Back to you. Okay, chapter 3. <clears throat> then Elias, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they builded the sheep gate. They sanctified it and set up the doors of it. Even unto the tower of Mia, they sanctified it, unto the tower of Hananiel. And next unto him builded the men of Jericho. And next to them builded Zakur the son of Emri. But the fish gate did the sons of Hassaniah build, who also laid the beams thereof, and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. And next unto them repaired Merimoth the son of Uriah, the son of Cos, and next unto them repaired Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, the son of Meshezabil, and unto and next unto them repaired Zadok, the son of Baana, and next unto them the Tekoites repaired, but their nobles put not their necks to the work of their lord. Okay. Moreover, the old gate repaired Jehoiada, the son of Paseah. And Meshulam, the son of Besodeah, they laid the beams thereof, and set up the doors thereof, and the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. And next unto them repaired Melatiah, the Gibeonite, and Jadon, the Meronathite, the men of Gibeon, and of Mizpah, unto the throne of the governor on this side the river. Next unto him repaired Uziel, the son of Harahiah, of the goldsmiths. Next unto him repaired Hananiah, the son of one of the apothecaries, and they fortified Jerusalem unto the broad wall. <clears throat> and next unto them repaired Rephiah, the son of Hur, the ruler of the half part of Jerusalem. And next unto them repaired Jediah, the son of Harumath, over, even over against his house. And next unto him repaired Hattush, the son of Hashab, Hashabniah, Malchiah, the son of Haram, and Hashab, the son of Pahathmoab, repaired the other piece, <clears throat> and the tower of the furnaces. And next unto him repaired Shalom, the son of Halahesh, the ruler of the half part of Jerusalem, he and his daughters. The valley gate repaired Hanan, and the inhabitants of Zenoah, they built it and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, the bars thereof, and a thousand cubits on the wall unto the dung gate. But the dung gate repaired Malchiah, the son of Rechab, the ruler of part of Beth Hakarim. He built it and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof. But the gates of the fountain repaired Shalom, the son of Col Hosea, the ruler of part of Mizpah. 
He built it and covered it and set up the doors thereof, the locks thereof, and the bars thereof, and the wall of the pool of Silo by the king's garden, and unto the stairs that go down from the city of David. After him repaired Nehemiah the son of Asbuk, the ruler of the half part of Beth Zur, unto this place over against the sepulchres of David, and to the pool that was made, and unto the house of the mighty. And after him repaired the Levites, Rehum the son of Bani. Next unto him repaired Hashabiah, the ruler of the half part of Keilah, in his part. After him repaired their brethren, Bavi the son of Henadad, the ruler of the half part of Keilah. And next to him repaired Ezer, the son of Jeshua, the ruler of Mizpah, another piece over against the going up to the armory at the turning of the wall. After him, Baruch, the son of Zabbai, earnestly repaired the other piece from the turning of the wall unto the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. After him repaired Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Koz, another piece from the door of the house of Eliashib, even to the end of the house of Eliashib. And after him repaired the priests, the men of the plain. After him repaired Benjamin and Hashab over against their house. After him repaired Azariah, the son of Messiah, the son of Ananiah, by his house. After him repaired Benu, the son of Henadad, another piece, from the house of Azariah, unto the turning of the wall, even unto the corner. Palau, the son of Uzai, over against the turning of the wall, and the tower which lieth out from the king's high house, that was by the court of the prison. After him, Pedadiah, the son of Parash. Moreover, the Nethanims dwelt in Ophel, unto the place over against the water gate toward the east, and toward the and to and the tower that lies out. After them, the Tekoites repaired another piece over against the great tower that lies out even unto the wall of Ophel. From above the horse gate repaired the priests, every one over against his house. After them <clears throat> repaired Zadok the son of Emmer over against his house. After him repaired Shemiah the son of Shechaniah, the keeper of the east gate. After him repaired Hananiah the son of Shelemiah, and Hanan the sixth son of Zalaph, another piece. After him repaired Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, over against his chamber. After him repaired Malchiah, the goldsmith's son, unto the place of the Nethanims, and of the merchants, over against the gate Mithkad, and to the going up of the corner. And between the going up of the corner, under the sheep gate, repaired the goldsmiths and the merchants. End of chapter 3. Okay, so we see the word apothecary used in this chapter. Is that like Big Pharma? <laughs> Is that like a Walgreens shop in Jerusalem? <laughs> All right, so they had to have a, a an herbal tincture, you know, that type of that type of thing going on in Jerusalem. So, uh, and, and by the way, of course, we know that not at this point in time, though, because uh, neither Ezra nor Nehemiah would allow non-Israelites to enter. The, the walls, okay? They would they refused even the help of the non-Israelites in the surrounding territory, okay? Because we're not to make covenants with them, and you know, as equals, we can hire them to do work for us, you know, and then then we, they have to be sent back to where they live. They're not allowed to live with us, and they're not allowed to be citizens with us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And most Judeo Christians simply do not understand this. But the books of Ezra and Nehemiah prove it. Okay, they absolutely prove it. And uh, in the chat room, in the EFR chat room, uh, Swamp Fox says that another bank is in the 18th largest bank bellied up yesterday. The crash is starting. And uh, we were anticipating Wells Fargo would uh, belly up. And so the, the worldwide crash it has begun. The Rothschilds are trying to force us into their CBDC, that is Central Bank Digital Currency System. So, folks, watch your uh, bank funds. Make sure they don't steal your money from you. If they do, we may have to surround some br bank branches 
and raise bloody hell. All right, okay. Back to you, Dan. Chapter 4. But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we built the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Judahites. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Judahites? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. And cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of, the, of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them, and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Judahites which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, From all places which ye shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Therefore set I in the lower places behind the wall, and on the higher places. I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles, and to the rulers, and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember Yahweh, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, everyone unto his work. And it came to pass from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work and the other half of them held both the spears the shields and the bows and the habergeons and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. So here we see the discrepancies in the scriptures. Here is the house of Judah, which is yep. the correct translation, not the house of the Jews. Okay. So it should always be Judah. It should never be Jew or Jews ever in scripture, except in the New Testament when we're talking about the scribes and Pharisees, because those are the people from whom the modern-day Jews descend, and they in turn descended from Edom, right? So this is how the Bible must be read, and our people need to know there's a difference between Judahites and Jews. The Judahites are the pure-blooded descendants of Judah, the patriarch, okay, and of the house of Judah, meaning all the people of Judah, and with with them the Levites who stayed with that house, and the Benjamites who stayed with that house. That's the house of Judah. But to be a Judahite, you have have to be a direct descendant of the patriarch Judah. No one else in the world qualifies. Certainly not the Jews, who are a mixed race, mongolized people, which fail because of which they fail to qualify as Judah. So, and there was no attempt by these leaders to disarm the people as the Jews are attempting to disarm us today. Back to you. And the Jews even admit this in their own Jewish encyclopedia that the that's Jewish religion traces its descent to the Pharisees. That's right. That's, that's um, 1943 Jewish encyclopedia, page 474. So they yeah. admit it in their own writings. Yeah. Well, you have the quote in front of you? Oh, yeah, well, I have yeah. it in my notes here. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, go ahead and read it if you have it handy. Well, that's that's it. That's the extent of it. The Jewish religion tra traces its descent to the Pharisees. That's 
1943 Jewish Encyclopedia, page 474. And also there was a book written by Louis Finkelstein that explains that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were also Jews. Right. Yeah. Not Judahites. (laughs) Not not Judahites. Right. And um, he's got another book in um, and it's called The Pharisees. Same guy. Very good. You see, there are Jews who do good work, but uh, I think most of these, well, Benjamin Friedman uh, was by far the best because he exposed the fact that Jesus was not a Jew. In a letter he wrote to Dr. Goldstein, I think it was, and that book is called Facts Are Facts. Everybody, every Christian should read that book, Facts Are Facts, by Benjamin Friedman because it just spells it out that Jesus was not descended from the, the scribes and Pharisees and, uh, or these people known as Jews today, right? He was descended from the house of Judah, etc. So these distinctions, which uh, the Bible clearly makes, are not talked about by the Judeo churches and certainly not talked about in general by the rabbis. You know, They would prefer this type of information to be suppressed, but we're exposing it here, folks, so please continue. Good job. Verse 15, and it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us and God had brought their counsel to naught that we return all of us to the wall, everyone unto his work. And it oh, came to wait, pass. Wait, wait, wait. Is that the wailing wall? <laughs> <laughs> put, your, put your beady on and bang your head against the wall like a good, good little Jew. And you know, all of our politicians do that. Oh, yeah. They, they all fly right. over there to that wailing wall and put that little hat on and bob their heads up and down like yes, yep. like it's part yeah. of their job. Well, I guess it is part of their job, right? Yeah. They want to stay As in Jews, power. yeah, absolutely. But Jesus himself says very plainly, do not worship publicly. Don't pray out in public because that's what the hypocrites do, you yep. hypocrites. All right. It says go in the closet. <laughs> Close yeah. The door. yeah, don't make a show of your praying. Mm-hmm. Well, what do the Jews do? What do these rabbis do? Oh, oy vey, oh, woe is me. As they, you know, I'm sure a few of these rabbis pray, make a, such a fervent show of their prayer that they probably knock themselves out. Maybe that's where the expression knock yourself out comes from. <laughs> All, right. All right, go back to you. Verse 17, they which builded the wall, which builded on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, everyone with with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, everyone had his sword girded by his side, and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said unto the nobles, and to the rulers, and to the rest of the people, the work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. Amen. So we, we labored in the work, and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Likewise, at the same time, said I unto the people, let everyone with his servant lodge within Jerusalem that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. So neither I, nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that everyone put them off for washing. Okay. End of chapter four. So be ready. <laughs> be ready, Israel. Well, uh, you know, and by the way, because uh, the uh, Eurofolk chat room was talking about the bank failures, uh, I don't. Uh, let me ask you, Dan. Have mm-hmm. you seen any Judeo Christians raptured yet? Nope, and <laughs> I won't ever see any raptured. That's right. That's right. Because there is no rapture. Right. So that's just a trick that the Jews created. In fact, it was uh, C.I. Schofield in his Schofield Reference Bible who popularized that idea, and he was hired by the Rothschilds to make all those notes to equate the Jews with Israel in the Bible. And that's where that deception began. All right. Next chapter, please. I was thinking the rapture 
theory began with uh, what's her name, the Margaret McDonald back right. in like the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, uh, mid eighteen hundreds, but it wasn't all that popular. It was C.I. Schofield who made it popular. Okay. Okay. All right. So yeah, it was around, and I'm trying to remember who else it was. The guy who popularized Margaret McDonald, and that that was in Scotland. Okay. But uh, it wasn't really it wasn't catching on until C.I. Schofield uh, uh, was uh, commissioned, and that's what it was. He was commissioned by the Rothschilds to to write the Schofield Reference Bible notes. Okay, it's still the King James uh, version, but he's the one who wrote those notes, and uh, that that was sold to uh, first of all Moody Bible Institute in Chicago and Dallas Theological Seminary in Dallas. And from there, it spread to all the seminaries in the country and around the world. Darby, thank you, Freebird. It was uh, Darby who, who promoted Margaret McDonald. Now, the interesting thing about that is that in Margaret McDonald's published notes, which she published in the newspaper in Scotland, she says that all of us have to go through the tribulation. That's clearly what she says. But nevertheless, they promoted Margaret McDonald as teaching the rapture, meaning that those who, who consider themselves Christian and uh, believe in the rapture won't have to go through the tribulation. She says nothing of the kind. So even there, there's falsehood uh, uh, you know, abounding, absolutely abounding. Yeah. Thank wow. you, Freebird. Okay. Uh, John Darby, I think his name was. John Darby. All right. Let's continue. Chapter 5. <clears throat> and there was a great cry of the people and of their wives against the bre their brethren, the Judites. For there were that said, We, our sons and our daughters, are many. Therefore, we take up corn for them, that we may eat and live. Some also there were that said, we have mortgaged our lands, vineyards, and houses that we might buy corn because of the dearth. There were also that said, we have borrowed money for the king's tribute, and that upon our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as, the, as their children, and lo, we bring into bondage our sons and our daughters to be servants. And some of our daughters are brought unto bondage already. Neither is it in our power to redeem them. For other men have our lands and vineyards. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Isn't that what's happened to America? Pretty much, yeah. We have, uh, we have borrowed money to pay off our bills, right? And sold ourselves into the bondage of the Federal Reserve Bank. We right? borrow our money supply. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's... Absolutely right, that it's actually our own money, which, uh, but the government, the treasury, hands it over to the bankers, okay? And then the bankers. the Rothschilds. Right, right, that's right. And then the bankers use that money to buy government securities, you know, that is interest bearing notes from the government. We have to pay that interest. So they get the money for absolutely nothing. And then they turn around and make us, uh, they spend it into circulation, and then we have to pay interest on their free money, right? What a mm -hmm. scam. What an absolute scam. But, by the way, when you just re read that verse, the first thing that occurred to me was George Washington approving the uh, action of, uh, what's his name, the banker, uh, the banker trader of the uh, Alexander, Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton, who had married into banking a banking family, and it was Hamilton who suggested to Washington and to the Congress, well, the only way we can get out of debt, because the colonies were in huge debt, uh, is to borrow money and pay off our debts, right? So it didn't occur to them that uh, to let Yahweh uh, accrue. The fact is, uh, America was such an economic juggernaut, even from the beginning, it would not have taken very long for us to pay off our debts, okay? So never resort to borrowing money. Always rely on Yahweh. Back to you, Dan. And, you know, what's really insane is what we just mentioned, that we borrow our own money supply. Right. And um, the Constitution clearly says that the Congress shall have the power to coin money. 
meaning gold and silver, not paper money. You know, right. it's backed nothing because our money's not backed by anything. And that's why we have inflation because there's nothing backing it. And they can print as much of it. And the more there is, the more worthless it becomes. So, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this is, you know, the convoluted history of Christianity in these times from the mid 1850s to, you know, up to the present time is when our people began to really go astray. Number one, uh, Israelites, Christians around the world never considered the Jews to be God's chosen people. They considered the Jews to be the enemy all right, and Christ killers, deiciders. It was uh, it was the. John Nelson Darby and, of course, uh, C.I. Schofield, who began to change, gradually change. And, of course, the Jews taking control of the churches, the, the seminaries first, our money supply, the government, mass media, etc. So this has taken, well, about 150 years or more for the Jews to really pull the wool over our eyes and cause our people to go really, I mean, Stray is putting it mildly. <laughs> go, go into uh, hell, hell. What is it? Hell floodeth over. What's the, I'm trying to think of the expression. Uh, hell is uh, war. We're in hell, warmed over. That's where we're at right now. And this is a horrible. Christianity has really collapsed into uh, oblivion. It, into what? The abomination of desolation. Okay. Mystery Babylon. Mystery Babylon. Thank you. All right. All right. Um, verse, where was I? Verse six. And I was very angry when I heard their cry and these words. Then I consulted with myself and I rebuked the nobles and the rulers and said unto them, ye exact usury, every one brother. And I set a great assembly against them. Yet usury is a big sin. Yes. We are not to, to charge interest on on borrowed money. Yeah. Now, a, a very interesting. Again, here's another great dis- difference between the Judahites depicted here, and of course throughout the Old Testament, versus the Jews. They never had a bank. They never had a, an edifice with a bunch of gold and other you know types of money where the Judahites could go to and borrow money at interest. They were doing this person to person. There was never any such thing as a bank in the house of Israel ever, okay? That's a strictly Jewish operation. The money changers that appeared in the days of Christ were imported from Babylon. They were Edomites and Babylonians who set that money changing operation up. These were not Israelites, folks. The the, the Israelites never had a bank. Back to you. Verse 8, And I said unto them, we, after our ability, have redeemed our brethren, the Judahites, which, was, which were sold unto the heathen. Wow. And will you even sell your brethren? Wow. Or shall they be sold unto us? <laughs> then held they their peace and found nothing to answer. And yeah, also well, said, you're wrong. Shut up. Shut up and do right. <laughs> okay. Also, I said, it is not good that ye do. Ought ye not to walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the heathen, our enemies? I likewise, and my brethren, and my servants might exact of them money and corn. I pray you, let us leave off this usury. Restore, I pray you, to them, even this day, their lands, their vineyards, their olive yards, and their houses, also the hundredth part of the money, and of the corn, the wine, and the oil, that ye exact of them. Then said they, we will restore them and will require nothing of them. So will we do as thou sayest. Then I called the priests and took an oath of them that they should do according to this promise. Also, I shook my lap and said, so God shake out every man from his house and from his labor that performs not this promise. Even thus he be he shaken out and emptied and all the congregation said, Amen, and praised Yahweh. Amen, and, and the people said Yahweh. according to the promise. <laughs> all right, very good. Okay. Verse 14. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, 
from the twentieth year even unto the two and thirtieth year of Artaxerxes the king, that is, twelve years, I and my brethren have not eaten the bread of the governor. But the former governors that had been before me were chargeable unto the people, and had taken of them bread and wine, beside forty shekels of silver. Yea, even their servants bear rule over the people. Wow. But so did I, did not I because of the fear of God. Yea, also I continued in the work of this wall. Neither brought, bought we any land, and all my servants were gathered thither under the work. Moreover, there were at my table a hundred and fifty of the Judahites and rulers, beside those that came unto us from among the heathen that are about us. Now that which was prepared for me daily was one ox and six choice sheep. Also fowls were prepared for me. And once in ten days store of all sorts of wine. Yet for all this required not I the bread of the governor, because the bondage was heavy upon his people. Think upon me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. End of chapter 5. Chapter 6. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left therein, though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates, that Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. Pesky, then, pesky Edomites, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. They don't give up easily. Always got something sneaky up Oh, sleeve, right, yep, yep, yeah. Very good. It, to, do mis- then, to do mischief is what it says, right? Yep. Then sent Sanballat, his servant, unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. Wherein was it written? It is reported among the heathen, and Gashmu saith it, that thou and the Judahites think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported to the king according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hand shall be weakened from the work, that it be not done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Afterward I came unto the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of of Mehetabiel, who was shut up. And he said, Let us meet together in the house of God, within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. And I said, Should such a man as I flee? And who is there that, being as I am, would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Therefore was he hired, that I should be afraid, and do so, and sin, and that they might have matter for an evil report, that they might reproach me. My God, think thou upon Tobiah and Sanballat according to these their works, and on the prophetess Noadiah, and the rest of the prophets that would have put me in fear. Okay, so uh, don't be discouraged by naysayers, folks. You know, rely on Yahweh. No fear. No fear. It's not always. It's it's easier said than done. But but oh it's, yeah, it's sure. We sure. have. Well, yeah. that, that that's why uh, Yahshua said to the to two apostles, "Sell your cloak and buy a sword." <laughs> All 
right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Keep your weapons with you just in case, because why? You could be distracted and lose lose your focus and lose connection with the Holy Spirit. And oh, oh, that's that's when they'll take advantage of you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. OK. Verse 15. So the wall was finished in the 25th day of the month of Elul in 52 days. And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes. For they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. I think the Jews of the world today are going to find out that true Israel has not succumbed to their schemes, namely global COVID and the lockdown and even this uh, calculated bank crash. Because the Jews have done this before. They did it in the 1930s. They deliberately crashed the American economy. In fact, that caused a world crash, not just here in America. And they're doing it again, hoping to destroy us. But we are the most resourceful people on the planet. We don't need their stinking money, (laughs) right? (laughs) We... We can do barter. We, we can ride our bicycles if we have to from one town to another and get goat's milk if we have to. We will survive and we will flourish despite the Jews. I'm just telling them right now. Back to you. <laughs> Verse 17. Moreover, in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters unto Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came unto them. For there were many in Judah sworn unto him. Because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Ara, and his son, Johanan, had taken the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Berechiah. Also, they reported his good deeds before me and uttered my words to him. And Tobias sent letters to put me in fear. Okay, so this must be the Berechiah that Yahshua talks about in Matthew chapter 23, where he accuses the entire Edomite bloodline, the scribes and Pharisees, their bloodline, of being guilty of all the deaths of our patriarchs from Abel to uh, Berechiah to Zechariah in his time. Okay? That verse is totally ignored by mainstream Judeo-Christianity because it explains this is not figurative language, folks. This is literal, otherwise he would be lying because those Pharisees that he accused of this of, they they weren't alive in the days of Abel, so they didn't kill Abel, but their ancestor Cain did. Back to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And who was Cain a descendant of? The direct yeah. descendant of? Yeah, Nachash, the yep. Nephilim. Well, yeah, he would have been a, Nachash would have been a Nephilim. Yeah, or a mm-hmm. fallen angel, one or the other. Okay, I'll get yeah. started here. We're getting close to the end. I'm starting on chapter 7. Okay. Now it came to pass when the wall was built and I had set up the doors and the porters and the singers and the Levites were appointed that I gave my brother Hananiah and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man and feared God above many. And I said unto them, let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun be hot. And while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them and appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, everyone in his watch and everyone to be over against his house. Now, the city was large and great, but the people were few therein and the houses were not built. And my God put into my heart to gather together the nobles and the rulers and the people that they might be reckoned by genealogy. Uh-oh. And I found a register. What, what, of the what genealogy? Yeah. What, what, is that worth anything? Don't the Judeo-Christians say, oh, that's not worth anything. Uh, genealogies <laughs> don't matter. The hell they don't. We're oh, all the same. Yeah, all our blood is red. Yeah, Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> the, the, the Jews' blood is green slime. Uh, you know, what was that movie, Alien? <laughs> Okay, back to you. I mean, obviously, genealogies are very important because the Bible goes into great detail. Absolutely. You know, we saw that when we we covered the book of Numbers, and now we're going to see some more of it here. Absolutely. 
Okay, so we're getting close to the end. I don't know if we'll finish this chapter. So let me just say to the people listening on Telegram that uh, once we disconnect here from Eurofolk Radio, I will stay online with the people at Telegram to answer questions. You know, I'll stay online for a few minutes more. And then, uh, you know, so keep this going because I want people to ask ask questions. It's going to be really good. All right, back to you. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll get started here. we got about yeah. three minutes left. Right. These are the children of the province that went up out of the captivity of those that had been carried away, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away and came again to Jerusalem and to Judah, everyone unto his city. Who came with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Rehemiah, Nahamani, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispareth, Bigvi, Nehum, Baana. The okay. number, I say, of yeah. the men of the people Go ahead, of finish Israel. It. Yeah, go ahead, finish this. that verse. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, because we're not going to get these uh, people listed yeah. today. So I'm wondering if this Mordecai that's mentioned here was the Mordecai of the book of Esther. Okay. Mm, could be. Because he was in the province under Artaxerxes. It was Artaxerxes mm-hmm. that issued the command to rebuild the temple. And that command by Artaxerxes is the beginning of Daniel's 70 weeks prophecy. All right. 70 times 70, uh, 70 times 7 years, that's 490 years. And that decree was issued around 457 BC. And Messiah was cut off around the year 33 AD, exactly 490 years. People listening need to know that the Jews have banished the book of Daniel from their Talmud. They do not quote from the book of Daniel because it clearly prophesies the coming of the Messiah and there's nothing the Jews can do about it, right? So they have to falsify the entire scripture, deny the validity of the book of Daniel, and therefore say, well, he wasn't prophesied in in the Old Testament. Sure, it's not just the book of Daniel. These prophecies are all over the Old Testament. And what the Jews do is deny, deny, deny. That's all they can But they do. claim to be these big believers in the Old Testament. Yeah, they claim, but they aren't. It's a lie. They believe the Talmud, mm-hmm. not the Torah, as we mm-hmm. in identity know. Okay, brother, very good show. And I'll get my act together and because uh, you know, this is multitasking to the extreme <laughs> for, <laughs> for me to run two websites, uh, audio websites at the same time. And uh, so thanks to you all for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. And here is the music. See you next week. See you next. Bye-bye. Okay, so I have to remember to disconnect from 